You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. This is our Black Man. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. 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 My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. And bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only getting started now. Cause we own ya. You gotta think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and not my homie now. Cause we own ya. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun. Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Black Panther, and the story is as follows. After the death of his father, T'Challa returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When a powerful enemy suddenly reappears, T'Challa's medal as king as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of Black Panther to defeat his foes and secure the safety of his people. The film is starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Danai Guria, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Latita Wright, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. It is written and directed by Ryan Coogler and co-written by Joe Robert Cole. Joining me for this review, I have Daniel Howitt. Hello. And Josh Williams. Hello, everybody. This is a big deal. Um, This is a big deal because it's Marvel, one of the most popular, if not the most popular genre within the filmmaking industry right now. Um, they're becoming kind of like Pixar in a way where it's like their track record is just so incredible, both financially, critically. It has a really, really wide net that it casts all over the world. So to see a film like this uh, from a representation standpoint on such a global, large-scale level, uh, it's a pretty big deal. And that is evidenced by the reaction that this film is getting the box office um, 
We are ultimately, though, here to talk about it as a film. What we liked, what we didn't like. So I'll pass it off, I suppose, to Dan Howitt. Dan, tell us about your experience watching Black Panther. My experience was fantastic. Uh, This movie is excellent. Um, it, it would have been really easy for Black Panther to be just another generic Marvel movie, um, but that's not what we got here. Um, I think Ryan Coogler was obviously a really strong choice as director. I mean, you know, Fruitvale Station and Creed are amazing, and and this is just as good. Um, he brings a unique style, uh, you know, to to the film. It just really feels very fresh and dynamic and and different than a lot of the other marvel movies and and it still fits really into the universe it still is a marvel movie i i think a lot of people want to talk as if this is something completely new it's it it's really not but it's still fantastic um i definitely don't want to take anything away from it because it's it's an excellent movie um the best thing about the movie are the characters uh i couldn't believe how how uh, strong all the characters are, not just, uh, you know, Black Panther and Killmonger, but the women in this movie are freaking badass. Um, I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, all around, this is a fantastic movie. Really loved it. All right, Josh. Uh, Yeah, I have to echo everything Dan said. Um, The first thing that really caught me um, watching the film is the score. The score is so fantastic, and it's probably the best Marvel score ever i think because watching it it's like it's just so enticing like with a combination to the visuals that kugler and rachel morrison are giving you and just the use of the drums with um the electronic music is so fantastic and that really got me i was based me and the guy next to me in the theater would turn to each other at moments and be like are you hearing this this is fantastic um but yeah the performances are fantastic um Michael B. Jordan and uh, Latita Wright absolutely steal the show. I was not prepared to be blown away by all these amazing actors, and I was absolutely blown away. I was prepared for just another standard Marvel film, and once all the reviews of praising it came in, I was like, okay, cool. And then, of course, all the praise is definitely warranted. It's a fantastic film. Yep. Um, I echo a lot of what you guys uh, said. Uh, I think this is a truly – Truly fantastic film. Um, in terms of like you know ranking, uh, for me uh, in the superhero genre, you know it's interesting because like Logan and The Dark Knight for me are both um, at the top, but it's mostly because they are not superhero films in many ways. Right. Um, where the Marvel films, you know, embrace the fact that they are superhero movies. I would say that this is um, the most distinct Marvel film I've seen outside of the X Men universe in terms of its visual style, the art direction, the costume. Oh, my God. The costumes. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The costumes are amazing. Incredible. It just has such like a, a visual look that I – last night I rewatched the both of the Avengers movies, and there's just such a – you can totally tell there's just such a massive shift in the visual – approach all thanks to Coogler and Rachel Morrison. That's fantastic to me. Yeah. So I, I would say for me, like in terms of like an entertainment level, um, culturally significant, I would say that this is on the same par as what we received last year with Wonder Woman. No doubt. I think that it's going to have that kind of a far reach for inspiration. I, I, I thought a lot while watching this, how many kids are going to see Black Panther and, and they'll walk away feeling inspired and empowered. Mm-hmm. Whether it is to be um, a better person in life, 
uh, to help others to maybe get involved in the film industry. I, I think this is the kind of film that, like like a Star Wars, you know, somebody can watch this and this can have just a really profound impression on how they view film as a whole. There's a classic, uh, almost Shakespearean quality to the story. Um, I, I uh, compared it to, it's like Lion King meets Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> to a certain degree. <laughs> the Lion King kind of parallels kind of, that was, it was almost too close to the story of Lion King for me a little, mm. in a little ways. Yeah. The idea of um, living in his father's uh, shadow, having to learn from his father's mistakes, what kind of a man he wants to be, everything the light touches is your kingdom and one day right. it will all be yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I liked it though. I dug it. I, I thought that was really well done. And it also, too, I mean, the film has a tremendous amount of also racial politics involved in it as well that adults can chew on. You know, the kids may not necessarily get it as as much, uh, but there is a lot going on here, especially like in terms of Wakanda as a, as a place and the technology that it has and the idea of, well, should we or should we not share that technology with the rest of the world? I, I mean... I really loved that element of the script. Um, anytime that debate came up, I was really digging that because I thought that was uh, something that was very unique to this particular film that I felt like I had not seen in the other Marvel films before. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys? What did you guys think of uh, of how like Wakanda was brought to life, and also um, that debate of whether or not to share its technology? What did you guys think of that? Uh, I, th- I loved it. I thought it was really. Um like you said, it's, it's like complex, you know, it's, uh, which we don't often see that sort of uh, political complexity in Marvel movies. Um, and, and so I, I love, because I, they, they made Killmonger in such a way that I understood his arguments, you know, it wasn't just cut and dry where, okay, everything he's saying sucks. Everything Black Panther's saying is good. Like it was, uh, it was tough to figure out where I landed on that. So, um, so yeah, I thought it was really great. Yeah. I kind of like that Killmonger has a, a much more relatable motive than a lot of other Marvel villains, just through the fact of like, you can under totally understand where you're coming from. And like you said, Dan, you're kind of torn. Like, well, I don't, I don't really disagree. (laughs) You're not wrong. So I definitely enjoyed that factor in terms of what you said, Matt, about how I felt about them bringing Wakanda to life. This, a specific scene that gets me i had goosebumps the entire sequence and it's the one the first time that he gets challenged by winston duke and they show like all the ships coming to the waterfall and then the waterfall like caves in and there's all the tribes come out of the mountains and i was like whoa this is so fucking cool it is <laughs> that scene was amazing and everybody's like dancing on the boats and playing the music and everybody's in these extravagant costumes and everybody's singing a song and it was uh, it was the coolest thing ever it's it's uh, rooted within culture. It's tribal. Um, there's a sense of honor. And yeah. it, it, you could really feel that emotive power through it. I I loved the scenes where uh, they would challenge, like, during the coronation. Uh, like, yeah. To me, that was just so epic. And I yeah. really loved um, – I'm going to get her – I'm going to get her name wrong. Uh, uh, oh God, from Walking Dead, Michelle. Denia Guerrero. Thank you. Thank you. I loved about her character that she is totally loyal to the throne. Yeah. And she is loyal to it in a way that no matter who sits on it, good or bad, 
that oh, sense man. of pride and loyalty. There's a line towards the end that gave me goosebumps when yeah. she said it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she slays it in this. She, yeah. she has some looks that she throws in this movie that just like, oh, I don't want to get in her way. <laughs> yeah. God. And she handles herself so well and just kicks so much serious ass. Uh, she's great in this. But who who also uh, did I want to signal out from the cast here? Latita Wright uh, as T'Challa's awesome. uh, sister. She's so great. <laughs> yeah. I love the relationship that those two had with each other. That Like, you know, um, brother and sister just fooling around with each other in the sense of like, you know, we're going to poke fun at each other. And, you know, mm-hmm. don't take yourself too seriously, even though you're my king technically. Um, you know, when he's trying out the uh, gadgets. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene. Yeah, it was a really like heartwarming uh, relationship there. And she's she's not a bystander. She's actually a part of the action too, mm-hmm. which was uh, really refreshing to see. Um, even to a lesser extent, but not really, Lupita Nyong'o, um, whose whole character is kind of that, like that elusive, uh, where does her loyalty really lie? Um is she just a bystander to everything or is she, you know, somebody that's going to embrace um, her heritage, where she comes from and ultimately, you know, stand alongside T'Challa and Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, also too, in the end, can we also just say for the record, as we're just whittling off names of the cast here, how incredible this whole cast is just over yeah. Yeah. all around. It's one of the best casts ever assembled for not even just a superhero film, any film I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody is serving like a really fantastic purpose. And I didn't feel like anybody gave a bad performance or offset the rest of the cast. I mean, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. Um, Andy Serkis, I do feel, um, could have really tiptoed into uh, over-the-top acting with his performance. Yeah, he was almost there. But luckily, his his stay in the film is, you know, enough and he doesn't kind of, uh, what's the word I'm thinking for? He doesn't devour the whole movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? With his with his overacting. I think it was a smart move to have him leave the film early. You know, I think uh, that was a really, a really good move to kind of have that the power shift between him and Killmonger. So that what really worked What is worked up well. with Andy Serkis lately and leaving movies early? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just love that Martin Freeman was kind of like the bumbling, you know, uh, we're not in Kansas anymore type of mm-hmm. character that just you know was kind of fumbling his way through everything where everybody else was getting shit done you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. did you did you guys feel like uh, I, I i occasionally i felt that bozeman he's good but he is so overshadowed by the rest of this cast to me I mean, um, yeah that's that's funny that you say that i feel the exact not opposite but i think bozeman is really good like people don't t- i don't think people talk about how good he is enough interesting there's a quiet power and strength and charisma in his performance. Yeah. Like when he goes, when he gets put under in the snow, fantastic. Yeah. Like I, I personally believe that he is in terms of the charisma, it's a different kind of charisma than what we get out of say like Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can see why this guy is likable. You can see why you would want him to be your leader. I want, I'd, I'd want to follow him. You yeah. know, I'd want him to be my king. Jesus, long live the king. Wakanda forever, man. You know, that guy, he just has like a steely, quiet, but yet peaceful reserve about him that commands this inner strength. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I felt that through every line reading, every gesture of his performance. 
And the guy is freaking ripped too. My, my lord. Like I <laughs> yeah, said, my, this challenge. Michael B. Scenes. Jordan is huge. <laughs> oh, yo. Ooh. You know, in Creed, he was lean and like, yeah. wow. Um, Michael B. Jordan this, is massive in this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know what? That was really cool too. That um, I love that. Uh, what I love so much about the, those challenge scenes, you know, during the coronation is I love that it's just mano y mano and just strength against strength. And mm-hmm. who is the stronger one of the two? Um, and I, and everybody follows where strength lies in, in a way. It's like the Dothraki in Game of Thrones. Um, but with this here, I, I love that Michael B. Jordan was actually not just a chump. Like he wasn't like um, the kind of villain that you see where he's like a, a wimp almost, you know, and it's like a, kind of a brat. He actually is a worthy, worthy antagonist. Mm-hmm. that gets the better of the protagonist. Yeah. And I thought that made him just such a great, credible threat. And Michael B. Jordan really, really sells it in the character um, himself. I understood his motivations. I understood his uh, story on paper as a concept. I really do think it works. This is my biggest gripe about the film. And I think you guys maybe saw me talk about this a little bit um, in my review and online, but I'll say it here. I do not think the film does Michael B. Jordan any favors in its first act, setting him up as the antagonist. That when he does come more into the story later on, I felt like we were kind of robbed of some of that power of the story a little bit more, and it felt rushed. Hmm. Well, I think I think it he they were the film was trying to set him up as though he wasn't the villain. Set it up as if you know claw was the main villain it's just that we all know michael b jordan we've seen the trailer we we know that he's a huge star so we know he's the villain i think if you watched it not knowing who michael b jordan was which is impossible uh but i think it might make a little bit more sense uh when he kind of explodes in in to the throne room um when they bring him in and he, he demands that he he be you know, challenge Black Panther. I, I think that was supposed to be a little bit more of a surprise, but just because of the history with the film and, and the cast, we know that it's not that surprising. We do, but I also have to view this at, uh, from the standpoint of what if I went into this cold? What, what if you were showing this to a buddy who, I, I don't know who this buddy is, by the way, they, they never <laughs> heard of Black Panther, but I'm just saying, like, what if somebody's watching this for the first time and they, they have no, they have no idea what they're in for with this. They're not following, uh, the film industry world. They've never seen the trailer. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I think, I think in that case, it makes more sense. Yeah. Because like you have this prologue that takes place with like Sterling K Brown, which by the way, I was like, wait, Sterling K Brown's in this? What the <laughs> yeah, hell? Yeah. I had no idea. Wanted? I had no idea either. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and you have this opening and for me, it didn't make sense. I, I didn't really know what I was watching. I didn't understand it. And I get it. It, it all makes sense later on because they explain it. But the first half of this movie um, was, for me, all about Wakanda, the characters w- within Wakanda, and just getting to know everybody and get, like, introduced to the world. But like you guys were saying, Michael B. Jordan's, like, in the background. I don't know anything about his character. I don't know what impact he's supposed to be having on the plot itself. And it's like the Andy Circus show for the first part of the film. I, I I don't know. To me, it was just clunky. And I felt like it, I felt like if they took out Andy Circus completely – and they just had Michael B. Jordan gradually and organically build to this climactic showdown with T'Challa. 
it could have been like the most epic, most badass, most incredible mono e mono me versus you for you know for ev- for everything it is that we hold dear in our lives for our pride, our country, everything, and it, it just would have been so much more epic. Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of feel the I kind of enjoy as a viewer. I kind of enjoyed that he's knowing you know following the film world and seeing the trailers and understanding that Michael B. Jordan is the villain. I kind of like how they approached the paradigm shift because I will admit for the first half, I was almost disappointed because I was like, oh, well, is this the, like, is Andy Serkis the villain or is Michael B. the villain? Like, I'm, that's kind of upsetting. So then when, like, the paradigm shifts, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I was kind of on board for it. So I don't know. It didn't bother yeah. me as much. I agree. Uh, what did you guys think about, like, all the tech the gadgets, you know, the James Bond-esque aspect of the film. Because uh, I tell you, more than ever, this is uh, fueling the idea of, you know, this is what a black James Bond would look like, everybody. You know, we only uh. could have had it with Idris Elba. But, <laughs> you know, uh, it was uh, to me, it was, it, was really, it was really cool to see all the tech. Yeah. Um, I do run into a little bit of a problem with the tech, as I do in other movies sometimes, where it's like, what are the limitations? And yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's like okay, they can heal people really quickly. So then that kind of robs the movie of stakes, unless if they get their head cut off or completely blown up or something. You get shot, oh, don't worry, we'll just, we'll heal you using our tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got kind of confused. I don't know if anybody else got this. I got kind of confused when they're fighting on the train track and she says, well, if it gets turned on, it's going to ruin your suit. But then none of their suits get ruined. Well, no, it would just like shut, like uh, almost turn off his suit in a sense not, oh, not just for like a brief moment okay yeah. i was i was prepared yeah, for it to like, they, disimber- like get rid of it completely like human in a way no but, I, yeah that i knew but i was ready for it to like disintegrate completely and also like they too, it's, be able a, to use it. it's a narrative device that enables uh the audience to see the actors faces so that they could convey the yeah. lines of dialogue to each other and it has more yeah. emotional power behind it then the whole train sequence and fight was easily the worst part of this movie for me. Uh, that that's when it delved into classic Marvel third act, oh, okay. just CGI mess. Um, uh, you talking about the rhinos too? Oh, I well, love the yes. rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the rest, other than the rhinos, the, the fight above land was actually pretty great. Um, yeah, I the thought. fight above land's awesome. Um, and so that's what made the fight on the train tracks be even worse because it was just messy. So yeah, that was the worst for me. Yeah, I was just prepared. The way that the way that like dialogue exchange went kind of made it feel like both of their suits were just gonna disintegrate in the second the the like waves turned on, and then it didn't happen. So I was just confused at the way the dialogue totally exchange like, went. Bum ass naked. Just yeah, like, I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? I will say this though, in terms of action set pieces, that did not disappoint me. Um, I, I will admit the train sequence was a little. It, 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 not to disappoint me, I, I just felt like there could have been a much more epic and much better fight between those two to kind of cap off the film, even though the ending on the cliff is perfect. Yeah. I felt the actual fight could have been better. I also feel the opening fight uh, could have been a lot better when he stops the... Um, was the, like like the, the weapons dealers or whatever? Yeah, I, like it was like dark and I couldn't really see what was going on. And it, it like I was like, oh man... I don't know how I'm feeling about all of this, but all that went away with the Korea segment. Yeah. The fight awesome. scene, the car chase. Oh my gosh. That was, yo, the long take. 
that uh, yeah. Martin Coogley used. Woo. I love when uh, I love when Danai Guerrero throws her her wig at somebody. <laughs> so funny, <laughs> great. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Oh, like, that man, that, that was the most exhilarating part of the film. That that was awesome. That whole sequence was yeah. really, really phenomenal to see. Um, there's so much to talk about with this movie. It's unbelievable. Little baby Chiron is in the movie from Moonlight. <gasps> yeah, that was awesome. I was like, the whole time, I was like, is that is that Chiron? <laughs> oh my god, it is. This film is like a like a who's who. Yeah, basically. I, I was half expecting Denzel to just pop on at one point. You know, right. Like, like, I literally became like this feeling of like, man, I don't know who's going to come on screen, but some, like everybody's like in this movie. It's insanity. Yeah. Speaking of everybody being in the movie, uh, I do, I do have another note here. Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yep. Okay, he's really good. He is really good, but I need to talk about this. Okay. So he's in a relationship with Michonne from The Walking Dead. I, God, I can't get her name right. Um. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's like Denai Guerrera, but it's not Guerrera. Denai so it's like, Guerrera? Yeah, because it's like G-U-I-R-I-R-A. I got to listen to an interview, and I have to hear how it's said. And I don't watch The Walking Dead, so I don't really know. But um, anyway, he's in, like I guess, some sort of a relationship with her. They refer to each other as my love in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I, I don't know why, but I found his character decisions, while on paper I could see how you write the screenplay and it makes sense, I just didn't buy it personally, seeing it play out on screen the way that it did. And I just thought it was senseless and kind of silly that he was going to the lengths that he was going to. Um, Did anybody else get that feeling or did you guys completely buy into uh, what his character was doing throughout the film? I was kind of I was bought into how like how Killmonger kind of gets him on his side. so I was bought into that whole decision of how Kaluuya wanted to be involved with Killmonger because Killmonger had already proved he was doing more than uh, T'Challa. But that's fair. Then I don't I didn't feel too bad about how his motives kind of come to a literal halt at the end. That didn't bother me as much as when I like recall it. I would th- assume that would bother me more, but it doesn't really. Well, but I think what bothers me about it the most is the fact that um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this I, I mean there was so much to think about and digest with this movie that maybe I got it lost and I didn't notice something and you guys can confirm for me but there is really isn't a resolution to that character's decisions there no com- no comeuppance or anything right yeah I don't think uh, so yeah I don't think they elaborate on like if he goes to trial or anything right so I think that's what's bothering me the most there. Yeah, it does just kind of like it literally comes to a screeching halt. All right. Well, uh, with that said, uh, I'm ready to get into final thoughts. Great out of 10 Oscar potential. Uh, do you guys have final thoughts? Do you want to lay out for this movie? It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no other word to describe it, right? Like it <laughs> is truly great. I, yeah. I, I, I can't see how somebody even with the complaints and, and, and you know what? Listen, my complaints – I think they're somewhat fair, but I will say this. If you don't like this movie just because of those reasons, like, did you guys see that one guy that just said that he didn't like the movie because he felt like um, T'Challa doesn't beat up enough bad guys in the movie? No, I didn't see that. Oh, it was so ridiculous. It was like the it was like when the film was at 100 percent Rotten Tomatoes and that was like the first negative review. <laughs> and it's like if you're going to not like the film for a silly, trivial reason such as that, when the film gets so many other things right. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I yeah. really don't know what to say to you. Um, like for example, like Wonder Woman. I had problems with Wonder Woman's third act, 
but that's the only problem I have with Wonder Woman. So yeah, and it doesn't affect the overall like no. perception of the film. Yeah. God no. So this film is great. It is. Like you said, th- there's no denying that this film is great. Coogler is now three for three. Coogler yep. is now three for three. That is true. I will say I want him to not do another blockbuster next. I want him to do something smaller because I think he just he's such a fantastic filmmaker. I don't want him to get into the blockbuster system, even though these are great. Well, so you have to imagine they'll ask him to do Black Panther 2. Sure, of course. And then for where he goes from there, I don't know. But you're right. Uh, the, ne- the next place to go would be another franchise. But you're right. I would like to see him return more to smaller scale, intimate character drama story. And for the love of God, just cast Michael B. Jordan in every film, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's whole career is, in my opinion, owed to Ryan Coogler. <laughs> And the work that those two have done together. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they do some fantastic work. Okay. Great out of 10. Uh, Josh. I'm so torn and I still don't really have a total answer, but I'm, I'm going to go with 9 out of 10. It's it's fantastic. I think it's, it's the best solo Marvel film, I think. Ooh, nice. Daniel. Uh, I give it an 8 out of 10. Not the best solo Marvel film, but it is definitely up there. What is the best solo Marvel film? Uh, Iron Man, for me. Ah, uh, okay. You know, this would be the very definition of an 8.5 for me. <laughs> uh, I I struggled with this a lot. It was it was going to be an 8 or a 9. I went with 8. And the reason why I just went with 8 was because I was like, ah, I rated Wonder Woman an 8. The feeling I had coming out of that is very similar to the feeling I have with this. Dark Knight and Logan, I gave 9s to. I, I, I've never given like a 10 to a superhero film, I don't think. Um, I don't know. Like even now, like as I'm even just saying it and walking through it, I'm like, man, Black Panther is just such a awesome achievement. It really is. Mm. I, I'm sticking with the eight out of ten, but I will say this though. Speaking of awesome achievement, let's talk Oscar potential. <laughs> uh, we saw this year uh, Get Out February release make it all the way, despite its genre, to the end of the year. And land for Oscar nominations in major categories. Wonder Woman came really, really close last year. Um, ultimately, unfortunately, sadly, didn't get a single Oscar nomination. I'm curious if you guys think that Black Panther can push through in any categories. I could see it getting something like costume or sound or something along the lines of that. But I don't know about... It would be awesome to see it pull a get out and just go the whole way and it gets like picture and screenplay and actor or actress like that would be awesome. But I don't just the super and it's kind of contradictory because get out had genre bias and it overcame it. But I think the superhero genre bias is a little bit stronger than the horror genre bias. Although we did see Logan get a best adapted screenplay nomination this year. So maybe there is a bit more relenting to come, you know, maybe Um, we'll see. Dan. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the major nominations happening. I definitely think costume design or visual effects, you know, some tech categories. I also wonder if uh, best original song for one of Kendrick's songs could, uh, could go the distance this year. Probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many options. He released an entire album. There's the whole album. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, All the Stars or Pray For Me or something. I think I think we could see that maybe go the distance, depending on how strong the year is. Um, I, I will keep it in my mind for Best Picture, uh, like I was saying, because I feel that Logan and Wonder Woman last year made quite a compelling case. Yeah. 
as to why they should be in the conversation. I think Black Panther is also equally worthy to be in the conversation as well. I agree. So I, I will keep it in mind. I'm not predicting it, um, but I, I don't think it's off the table. Um, I think it could you know, easily uh, forge a path for itself. It all depends on how the rest of the year shakes out, ultimately, because it is so early in the year. That's That's the one thing that's hurting it right now. I really, truly believe, though, that this is going to be uh, Marvel's first ever costume design nomination. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am penciling that in. Yeah. And even if the rest of the year go, goes on the way it does and we get all those late December releases and they are all top of mind, I will always go back to this film's costume design. It is no, yeah. just on another level, Yeah, I think. Uh, art direction, too. I, 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 part of me thinks that art direction could be a factor. Yeah, Maybe. I could see that. that. You know, just because of building the technolo- technology world of Wakanda, you know, and uh, blending uh, you know, just a lot of different elements together to create what just felt like such a wholly unique world. Yeah, I could see again some art direction or anything like that, really. Yeah, awesome talk here. I, I, I can't wait to see it again. Are you guys seeing it again? Anybody uh, got tickets or going again? Yeah, I'm going to see it again uh, either tomorrow or Monday. Yeah, man. All right, Josh, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Williams 09. And Daniel Howitt. I'm on Twitter at HowittDK or on my main show, The Screeners Podcast. And you can find me online at Next Best Picture on all the social media networks. Thank you so much for listening to our review on the Next Best Picture podcast of Black Panther. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.